Hey everybody, you have Jake Vine Solo today, and I'm going to be discussing She-Hulk episode 8. I'm just going to start off with the fact that I absolutely love this episode. Spoiler alert, you're going to hear me gushing a bit for the next few minutes. I feel like the show continued its hot streak this week. It's continued to continuing to build momentum. I think it's doing that by continuing to world build and not just not just throwing in characters, but doing an excellent job with that. Last week with the um, <laughs> therapy circle and this year with a few new, few new characters who um, I will talk about momentarily. First topic this week is my favorite aspect of this show. One of my favorite pieces of the MCU or one of my favorite developments in the MCU in a while. Uh, and also probably the biggest piece of news that was also kind of somewhat hinted at. But overall still exciting. Charlie Cox is reprising his Daredevil role from Netflix, from the Netflix series here. So he is returning to that iconic role now in the MCU. Couple notes. It, it is the same character, but apparently doesn't share 100% of the backstory. So he's slightly different. Consider it more of a rebrand. He has a new costume, a slightly lighter tone, possibly more powers. The fact that he's able to keep up with She-Hulk, uh, even temporarily, would represent a pretty big upgrade in his power, in my opinion. But he still has that famous smile and charm of Matt Murdock. So personally, I'm excited. I can't wait to see more of him in his upcoming 18-part series called Born Again. I don't know how I feel about the 18-part aspect, given the... Given the fact that they've really only done six to nine episodes in the past, and now they're going 18 episodes with Daredevil, um, and that they're choosing to reframe it as a such iconic storyline of Born Again, I'm really excited. You also have more characters now with Echo, um, and now She-Hulk, you have other characters you're bringing in that series, so um, also a Secret Invasion coming up. There are a lot of different things they could do with it, so I I'm excited for that. Um, quickly, on what that means, uh, his recasting here. Is it that Daredevil from Netflix? They're really trying to have their cake and eat it too. He kind of is, but totally isn't, or maybe isn't it's entirely the same character. This is kind of what they did with Ed Norton's The Incredible Hulk, um, which they then kind of did again between that Hulk and Ruffalo's Hulk. Um, again, the, the best phrase is probably a rebrand. Um, Another way to view it is a reimagining. I believe that's how Kevin Feige described it. It's and the way it's what they did for Ang Lee's Hulk to the Edward Norton Hulk was they basically admitted they were borrowing parts of the backstory or certain elements of the character development. Um, not the entire, not not from a complete one to one, but they were building on that in, in a way and. Again, I think it was called like a reimagining. It was almost like a dream version. or Not, dream, not dreams. That sounds the right term. A reimagining, a rebrand. Again, borrowing parts of the character and that development, um, but not taking it wholesale. So building on the foundation and parts and then filling in other parts of the foundation. But part of that too is also kind of being vague about what they are taking and aren't taking. Um, and with where we are now in She-Hulk, that's part of it too. So not not he's back. Mostly the same character. We're going to find how much is in his new series, 18-part series. Wow, four minutes in. I haven't stopped talking about him, but if you can't tell, love. I'm not a huge Daredevil comic book fan, but I absolutely love Charlie Cox and the role. I love that Netflix series. I thought it was overall the best series across each um, 
each season and even including the defenders because I, I thought he was the best in defenders. Okay. We're now past four minutes. I'm going to stop talking about um, shows that aren't She-Hulk. Here he is. Charlie Cox is back. Um, some things that are different here. He is a new, as I said, he has new costume, lighter tone, slightly more funny. Um, he's able to keep up with She-Hulk. Purpose is pretty much a upgrade, as I said before. Still that same charming old rogue, though. Excited he's back. Um, as I said, we're getting the Born Again series. Maybe we'll get him again in here, but uh, I'm really excited to see him back. Okay. Basically wasted half the episode on that. Next topic. And again, it's going to be a like. Eugene, the leapfrog. He is the episode's central villain, and he is both Jen's and Jacobson's most troublesome client. Uh, for those who don't remember, Jacobson is Jen's. He is a superhero um, designer or costume designer. Uh, it, Eugene was a former customer of Jacobson's, and he was posing. Uh, he is acting as his own vigilante named Leapfrog at the start of the episode. episode uh, after a brief encounter with some uh, criminals, he goes to utilize his rocket boosters. Uh, he ends up being burned when he tries to escape the criminals because the rocket boosters fail. They burn his leg. He falls, and he's subsequently beaten and injured. He goes to sue Jacobson by using Jen as his attorney, uh, and their lawsuit brings Jen, Matt, She-Hulk, Daredevil, Daredevil into contact uh, inside and outside the court. little background here. Uh, for those who know, Leapfrog is an old-school, I believe, Golden Age Marvel villain. He's ridiculous, dresses up as a frog in earlier versions, and he could leap. That was his power. Not too dissimilar from Toad from X-Men, who was also pretty lame. Uh, later on, I think he actually turned into a like more frog-like creature, had more powers, but generally just one of the bigger jokes. He's treated so here, but still with like some affection. And one of the things I really like about him here is he's stupid, but he's still dangerous. And some and the stupidity is what makes him dangerous, and not in a way that glorifies stupidity, but I think just also kind of relays you don't want to be a supervillain or super genius or super powered to be dangerous. You can just be stupid sometimes and, and have a weapon. Sometimes you don't even need that. Um, okay, get, I hope that didn't sound too preachy, but I, I actually did like that aspect of the character. And one of the smarter things that I think about this show is it's fun and it's light, but it, it does, I think, take some interesting perspectives on crime, superheroes, vigilantism. Okay, stop. Uh, but I really like Eugene as the leapfrog. I, I love love the lily pad i mean uh the fact that he, it's a stupid name obviously obvious because he's called the leapfrog um but one thing here i just gotta say it's he is there's a sign of the lily pad to his secret hideout which just makes it amazing and i also feel very appropriate um great acting by the actor as well um who plays eugene one last note we do learn that eugene's father he's a junior his father has the same name uh that the senior was the original leapfrog and he is a hinted to be a criminally rich client of the firm that Jen works for. So his father could be the original leapfrog and more importantly, a larger villain uh, waiting in the wings or, or the lily pads, if you would, to, uh, to leap in and, and cause Jen some harm down the road. Third topic. I really like the action. This episode, this show, as I said previously, it hasn't really relied on it. Um, it's had some good action, some not so great. Um, but it's really, I think the show's worked best when it's been a comedy um, and when it's either, again, relied more so on the comedy aspect or the courtroom aspect. 
Um, the action works here. There's a car chase. There's a fight at the lily pad. You have a fight between She-Hulk and uh, Matt Murdock. Actually, me, She-Hulk and Daredevil, and it's all good. Uh, to me, it was to me it was a clear highlight. And I just want to say, I know I normally do three things. I, I missed the fourth biggest thing. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. This week I'm going to do four. And the quick thing is this episode. This is something that. I'm going to put it, pose it as a question. I really like this episode. I thought the story with Eugene and Jacobson and Matt and Jen and She-Hulk on Daredevil, I thought it all worked really well. And then at the very end of the episode, it, they talk about this gala, and I thought it was going to be the finale, but what ends up happening is at the at very end of the episode, it shows Jen showing up to this gala, uh, and then one there, it's she learns that the her date and the guy that was courting her from the previous episodes, um, the guy she hooked up with and then ghosted her. Uh, he was working for the intelligentsia as it was hinted at. And what he did was he recorded uh, their sexual encounter and then he posted it and showed it there. She has an obvious and normal reaction of being enraged and freaking out. Uh, however, that forces her to turn into the She-Hulk, which scares everyone, which casts her in this negative light and which at least apparently plays into the narrative that the intelligentsia tried to create for her as this reckless, um, uncontrolled monster. Um, I, I thought it was, first of all, it, it was, again, uh, talking about earlier Eugene, like you don't need to be a super human, super powered, super genius, super rich, super criminal to be evil. Sometimes you can be stupid and other times you can just be cruel. And this is an example, um, I think it's normally called like revenge porn. Um, I think that's the term in this case, or, or just maybe assaults the, the term. I, I don't know. But in terms of recording someone without their knowing and then posting it um, for a sexual encounter, obviously it's disgusting. And it, it's, it's, it is evil. That is truly villainous. And again, it's, not some, it's something that happens all the time. Um, and what I liked about this is when it kind of calls attention to that. And there have only recently been actually um, rulings against that type of action which is a whole other conversation, uh, not to take it down there. But I, one of the things I really like about this show, as I said previously, and it's exploring different aspects, not just of good and evil. And it's not all, and don't get me wrong, I, I love the multiverse, the Infinity Stones, alien armies, gods, super weapons, superheroes, super soldiers, armor. It's all great. But at the same time, I think... I fell in love with Spider-Man. That was what first got me into comic books. That and X-Men and the more human elements of the superheroes. And I think sometimes Avengers loses that. At least that's how I felt in the comics and, and some of their individual series. And She-Hulk here, I thought a good job of focusing on the human element. Um, the human element of heroism, more, which is also the crime and the victims and, and the criminals and the public. And it's more than just good and bad. And it's usually, and it's not even always um that binary it is in this show because it's the mcu but um in terms of being binary but it's still what this show is doing is exploring other aspects instead of just the battle between two parties um, and possibly like the person immediately in distress and just the fact that it's focusing on this topic i, I thought was interesting i thought it really painted the intelligentsia again and so i previously hinted they were mentioned in Age of Ultron as an organization that 
why am I blank? A Strucker. No, no, not, excuse me, Claw. I apologize. That Claw was a part of. Uh, in the comics, it was also something uh, that the leader, Modoc, and in the comics, it was something that the leader and Modoc were also parts of. Um, but it, it was basically, it was a group, it was a scientific terrorist or evil organization, criminal organization might be a better term. And it was really almost like a competitor to like the Ames or Hydras, uh, but it was powerful. They want her blood, but based on the tactics, I'm not sure if it's that same organization. I thought it was great. Maybe with different people because Claw is dead and not all those characters exist in that function, but I thought it might be either a branch of Hydra or perhaps a competitor to Hydra. But now they seem more grassroots, like more, and I'm not sure if it's more like a watchdog situation, or even if it's more smaller than that, if it's just a couple people propping it up, uh, or if it's perhaps an offshoot of Rising Tide, which was a um, hacking organization that Sky was a part of in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the first season, had a few members that were kind of floating the wind. Again, I'm going deep here, um, but that's the big question is what's the intelligentsia? And I thought this week, to end this on this note, um, uh, there were a lot of things I liked about it. The only thing I didn't like was, is it felt tacked on. Um, I felt like there should have been more time spent on this episode, mainly because it kind of overshadows the Charlie Cox. It, it kind of overshadows all the good things you did in this episode. And if anything, I, I think it should have. it's how you should have started next week. But I, I haven't seen next week's episode, so we'll see how that goes. Um but yeah, so I guess the, the why I'm why I'm talking about now is I liked that I liked that part of the story. I didn't like where it came in terms of the show that it came at the end of this episode after everything that happened. It, it just felt like it really felt like a different. It was a different story. It felt like it should have been either last week's or this week's episode. I just don't either. Excuse me, last week's or next week's. I, I just I'll save that for the last. For, for the finale, but yeah, it's again, some of the things with the way they edited or the way they put these episodes together and edit them, I, I haven't loved it. I thought they kind of fixed it by the middle of the season, but now it's, it's rearing its head again. Um, all right, I'm going on way too long now. In case you need a quick recap, love that Charlie Cox is back. Love the leapfrog as a villain. The action was great, great this episode and I liked, I mean, don't want to say liked, I thought it was a very good and effective development of having, uh, of what happened to Jen at the end of the episode at, at the gala. I don't know if I really liked where it, it occurred in terms of the timeline. So that's my only question. Can't wait for the finale. There's a lot to wrap up. I imagine there's going to be a few hanging chads or storylines for next year, but we'll find out soon. Thanks for hanging. Let's talk soon. Later.